welcome, 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 welcome. Good, y'all. At the Revelation Podcast, I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I have a great show tonight for you guys. Please share with someone. Um, make sure you share, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Um, share the link with someone. I think this show is going to be um, a blessing for all of us. Um, tonight, we have quite a few things to talk about. Um, we're going to be talking about, so tonight's show is titled Beyonce, the Clark Sisters, and the Church's Opportunity. So we're going to get into it tonight. What's going on, Chris? How you doing, my brother? I'm doing great, great. Thanks for tuning in. We're about to get it in. What's up, Shonda? How you feeling, sis? Good to see you. We just go let a couple of people get in. So tonight, Beyonce, the Clark sisters, and the church's opportunity. So tonight, I really want to... Um, let this be an opportunity for us to grow. You know, as I as I get older and um, set different goals for myself and, and purpose to be an example, one of the things that I've learned is how to view every situation or I'm learning to view every situation as an opportunity, even if it's supposedly a negative or whatever. And so tonight... Um, you know, in light of um, what's up, <laughs> what's up, Chris, man, <laughs> you silly, man. Um, I, I think tonight is going to be a really good show. I, I really think it is. And for me, um, one of the reasons why I do uh, the, this podcast and do ministry, period, is because <clears throat> for me, it's important. Um, how we as Christians make God look, how how we represent God matters to the world. Um, reputation means something. And if our reputation means something, how much more does God's reputation mean? And so tonight, um, I want to talk about uh, Beyonce, the Clark sisters, and the church's opportunity Um I think it's important how we as Christians make um, God look, how we represent God matters. Uh, the Bible says that we are living epistles, read of men. Um, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they glorify the father in heaven. Um, and so how we, um, how we represent God uh, really, really, really matters. And, and so tonight, what I want to do is I want to talk about um, Beyonce. She just re recently released um, a new album titled Renaissance. And for many of us, it's been a talk within Christian circles because she, um, on her song Church Girl, she sampled uh, the Clark sisters. Um, and this isn't the first time, this actually isn't the first time that um, Beyonce uh, sampled uh, the Clark sisters um, actually on Jay-Z's 444 album on the song Family Feud. Uh, they sampled uh, the Clark sisters, uh, the song Hi-Ya. And, um, and so 
um, what I want to do is I, I really don't want to focus on um, why Beyonce is evil as, as a lot of people try to, you know, focus on that. Really what I want to focus on is the church's response and how we represent God <clears throat> in affirming things that may not align with uh, his character and his will. And so tonight, you know, just just me growing up in church my entire life, I grew up on the Clark sisters. I was a um, huge Clark sisters fan. Uh, fan. Um, it was I, I didn't grow up on rap. You know, I know I rap now and I, but I grew up on straight gospel music um, every day uh, in my house. Um, we were listening to the whinings. We were listening to Commission and, and the Clark sisters bb and cc like it was a it was it was regular you know what i'm saying and so actually like when you listen to my music or any of por's um music and you hear uh gospel samples or things of that nature a big part of that influence is uh the clark sisters um and, and the other groups that i mentioned and so I, i'm grateful for uh my musical foundation and, and, and my roots in gospel music. Um, but I also represent that the word gospel actually means something. And so um, when we allow words to lose their meaning, then truth becomes subjective. And so um, fast forward, Beyonce released her latest album, Renaissance. And on this album, she sampled uh, the Clark sisters song center of thy will. Now, um, if I'm going to read, I'm going to read the lyrics to some of the lyrics to center of thy will. This is an amazing song. I love this song. Haya and, 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 and center of thy will are like two of my favorite songs, uh, from the Clark sisters, but here are the lyrics, uh, for, center of thy will. So in, in, in the lyrics, it says, Lord, I just want to be rooted and grounded in thee. Lord, place me. Lord, place me. I want to be centered in thy will, in thy holy will. Come on, somebody. Hey, somebody say amen. Smack your neighbors and say amen. No, I want to be, listen, I don't know about y'all. I want to be in the center of God's will. Um, what's funny is, though, here is the song. Here are the lyrics. And we're just going to do some read along before we get into the topic. I really want to lay out a foundation um, of what I'm talking about tonight. So I'm going to share the lyrics for Church Girl on your screen. And all right, so we're going to read the lyrics to Church Girl. And what's funny is music for me, a lot of people, um, when they're um, talking about music, a lot of times people say, oh, it's just art. Oh, it's just art. But what you have to understand as an artist, and I'm speaking from an artistic standpoint, art always communicates a message. Art means something. So when you say, oh, it's just art, 
that does not negate the meaning in the art. Does that make sense? Hopefully that makes sense. That does not negate the message in, in, in the art. And so she samples a song that says, Lord, I want to be in the center of your, your will. And here are some of the lyrics. Um, I'm going to read the first verse. Um, in the first verse, she says, I've been up. I've been down. Felt like I moved mountains. Got friends that cry fountains. Oh, pre-chorus, I'm warning everybody. As I'm warning everybody, soon as I get in this party, I'm going to let go of this body. I'm going to love on me. Nobody can judge me but me. I was born free. Now, as a Christian, should we be affirming these type of this type of content? You know, if, if I'm a Christian artist, um, how does it make God look if I lend my work to be a part of that work? I'm just asking questions tonight. So she says, I'm going to let go of this body. I'm going to love on me. Nobody can judge me but me. I was born free. No, you were shaping in iniquity. That's the Bible. Chorus, I'll drop it like a thotty. Drop it like a thotty. I said, now pop it like a thotty. Pop it like a thotty. Me, say now drop it like a thotty. Drop it like a thotty. Church girls acting loose. Bad girls acting snotty. Let it go, girl. Let it go. Twirl that, you know what? Like you came up out the south, girl. I said, now drop it like a thotty. Drop it like a thotty. Bad girl acting naughty. Church girl, don't hurt nobody. You could be my daddy if you want to. You could be my daddy if you want to. You could get it tatted if you want to. You could get it tatted if you want to. Put your lighters in the sky. Get this Liddy. She going to shake that. You know what? And them pretty. So get your racks up. Get your math up. I'm going to back it up. Back it up. I'm going to bust it. I'm going to bust it. I see them great. Those gray sweats. I see a blank check. And I'm, I'm going to stop there. I could keep on going. I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's self explanatory but here's here's the thing here's what i'm looking at so here here is again i expect the world to be the world you know like paul wrote um um when he was dealing with unrepentant people in the church he said um i, I believe it's in corinthians um i hate that i didn't look this up but Paul talked about unrepentant people in the church. He said, we don't judge those on the outside. In other words, we don't um, hold those who aren't a part of the body of Christ to church discipline or, or the same. Thank you, VC, 1 Corinthians 5. We don't hold outsiders um, to the same standard as those within. He says, we judge those who are within the church. Um, and those who are, if a person is, is in sin and unrepentant in the church, he says, don't even be associated with them. 
Don't even sit down and eat with them. And so I don't really want to focus on Beyonce because she's doing what I expect her to do. Beyonce needs the gospel. She needs salvation. She needs repentance. Um, she needs um, this glorious salvation that I talk about on, on this show so often. Um, but what I want to look at really quickly is the Clark sisters responses to uh, featuring Beyonce on two um, being featured on two songs uh, on two of Beyonce's songs. to share a good word with you. And first of all, God is awesome. He has done great things for me. The scripture says in Psalms 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth in the good times and the bad times. There's a line of a song I wrote that Beyonce included in her new song, Church Girl. That says, center of thy will. That means I want to be in the will of God. Thanks, Beyonce, for listening to my music, and I hope it blesses your soul. So here, here was the Clark sisters' responses to this, what I just read. <laughs> Come on, y'all. And, and look, look. Y'all could call me deep. Um, Y'all could call me legalistic. Or, you know, I don't care about all of that. You know, I care about how we make God look because I truly believe that um, there are souls at stake. You know, people see our examples, um, the example that we set. And if we present a Christ without any standards, uh, when we present ourselves as thirsty, um, and wanting to be, um, we're so fascinated with the world. We, we get in awe, so in awe of the world admiring us that we just forget about holiness. We just throw out our standards and, and it does not matter. Um, I wouldn't want, um, my work that glorifies God to be associated with, um, um, sexual immorality. I wouldn't want my 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 work that glorifies God to be associated with blasphemy because really when you look at the um song church girl and you read the lyrics of um the Clark sisters song center of thy will Lord I want to be in the center of thy will I want to be rooted and grounded these are the type of lyrics that are actually biblical and then Beyonce takes her lyrics and put her lyrics over them that actually promotes the opposite. That, my friends, is the definition of blasphemy. And that's not even, it's not even up for debate. That, that's the definition of, of blasphemy. And so um, what I wanna do, um, and one of the reasons why I shared um, the lyrics and then the Clark sisters' responses to just being so happy with um, 
that Jay-Z and Beyonce sampled them and stuff is I believe this represents a bigger issue with many of our churches. Um, but I also think just as much as it presents a bigger problem that exists is where there's a big problem, there's a big opportunity. And so I want to talk about this from this standpoint. I think how many of us um, in the church responds to situations like this is an indictment on the church and how the church has exalted gifts above sound doctrine. I'm going to say that again. The church, I think a lot of our churches have exalted gifts above sound doctrine. Um, there's a respect of persons above the glory of God, greed and lust um, above holiness. We play favorites. We create Christian celebrities who are not allowed to be corrected. I'm going to say that again. We create Christian celebrities who are not allowed to be corrected. And for years, these type of things have been the Clark sisters aren't the first ones to do things like this. Um, you know, you have Fred Hammonds with Snoop Dogg and just different ones who who partner um, come into agreement with the world really because they're thirsty for success and fame. They're thirsty to to remain relevant to the world, but at the expense of God, of making God look bad. This is not the God of the Bible. And so I want to uh, point out a scripture and a story that um, comes to mind when I think of like situations like Fred Hammonds and Snoop Dogg and the Clark sisters and Beyonce. And the story is actually found in Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 18. Now follow me. In Acts chapter 16, uh, verse 16 through 18, we see Paul and Silas. They're in Philippi and they're preaching the gospel. Uh, they're doing the Lord's work. And the Bible lets us know that uh, people are, are being blessed by their ministry. Uh, demons are being cast out. Uh, bodies are being healed. People are coming to the Lord. But in this story, the Bible lets us know that there was a slave woman who was into divination. In other words, she was a soothsayer. She was a witch. Uh, she was a psychic. And, and in Acts chapter 16, this, the Bible lets us know that this slave woman, she made her master great gain. The Bible says she made her master great gain. And, and, um, she made her master great gain by telling people's fortunes, basically um, doing the work of the devil. But when she observed the influence of the apostles, when she saw how the apostles were doing work and, 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 and gaining influence, what she did was she associated herself with the apostles. Sounds familiar. She 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 connected herself with the apostles and she became a walking billboard for them. She began to follow the apostles around and say, these are the men, mighty men of God. Hear them, 
for they have the words of salvation. Now, what she was saying was actually true. What she was saying was actually true, but her motive was not right. She had an ill motive. And the apostles, Paul and Silas, could have been like the Clark sisters or, or um, Fred Hammond and many other gospel artists who just really care about success. And they could and they and, sh, and they could have been starstruck and, and they could have been like, hey, you got a following. We got a following. Let's combine our influence and, and get more famous. No, that's not what happened. The Bible says that after she followed them a couple of days, the Bible says that Paul became irritated with the spirit in her. He discerned that she had an evil spirit. And instead of him partnering with her, the Bible lets us know that he cast the evil spirit out of her. He cast the evil spirit out of her because he did not want the devil using his influence, his gifts that glorify God to gain influence for the kingdom of darkness. Why can't we do what Paul did? Why can't we be so concerned with God's glory that we don't put anything above it? Even our our, our music careers and things of that nature. And listen, I know this is not popular, but this is an opportunity for us as the church to be the church because people like the Clark sisters, they represent, you know, um, evangelist Dorinda, first lady, Karen, they, they represent positions in church, but, but people are afraid to speak and correct them for fear of being blackballed. Come on, I'm, t I'm telling the truth. I've been in church my whole life. I've served in leadership. People are afraid to be blackballed. People are um, afraid um, because they have a respect of persons. And, and a lot of times we always want to talk about church hurt, right? One of the reasons why church hurt is able to happen a lot of times is because we have respect of persons. A lot of times, usually in most cases, when people have legitimate cases of church hurt, it's usually because it's done by a leader who has no accountability. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Y'all didn't, didn't know we was going to go down this road. We always want to talk about church hurt. And, 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 and me, a lot of, I look at how different things affect diff other things. And, and I'm really passionate about the body of Christ and how we represent Christ. And so when we look in Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 18, they discerned that this suit, they, they peeped her game. And some of y'all might be looking like, yo, but Beyonce has a huge, a bigger following than the Clark sisters. What it that doesn't matter. See, the enemy loves to attach himself to a movement of God to get people to compromise their standards. It is, it is a it's it, it is a shame. Somebody should, 
I wish more people would say something. But a lot of times we we put on this church face. We talk about how holy God is. But when it comes to actually practicing it and putting it and applying it in our everyday lives, we find excuses. And usually those excuses, it's funny how God always gets the gets um, thrown on the back burner when we make these excuses. You can you could put lipstick on a pig, but a, it's still a pig. <laughs> you could put eyeliner on a pig, but it's still a pig. And so the opportunity for us, I believe, is for us to call things as they are and in the Bible. And what does the scriptures actually say? When we look at Ephesians um, chapter five, verse 11, um, chapter five, verse 11 through 13, it says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Y'all can get mad at me all you want. It says, but expose them for it is a shameful for it is a shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. It becomes visible. And so if we love people, if we truly love God, and if we truly love people, we will purpose to stay true to his word, even when it's not popular, even when it's not convenient for us. Um, I also, I think this is also the effect of a me-centered theology. We've exalted gifts above sound doctrine. We, we, we esteem people's charisma in behind the pulpit while ignoring doctrine. And a lot of times we ignore doctrine. Let's be real. A lot of times we ignore doctrine because we're not really reading the Bible for ourselves like we should. We're not really studying to show ourselves approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed the way we should. A lot of times church for us represents a fix. It's like a drug, like, I'm going to get my fix this Sunday. And once I get my fix, I'm good. It's not really a personal relationship where, man, I'm pursuing God. I want to know his heart. I want to know the things that he loves and the things that he hates. And, and what's, what's, what's crazy is some people will be offended by what I'm saying, not realizing what I'm saying is out of love. And, and a lot of times, people are offended by this type these type of conversations because usually these type of conversations impose on our idols many of us have idols of respective persons we've put we've what is a christian celebrity we've made people so big in our minds and our hearts we've made platforms so big in our minds and our hearts that God becomes small when it comes to how we live out our life to glorify him. And it is time for us to lay down our idols, our idols of success, our idols of fame. 
none of no none of us is above reproach i don't care if you're a pastor i don't care if you call yourself a first lady i don't care if you call yourself an evangelist or a podcaster none of us is above reproach man i welcome correction because i recognize that i have blind spots i recognize that we always talk about how hey we're the body of christ we're the body of christ we need each other we always talk like that but anytime a limb comes up that looks different than us let's say we're arm when the foot comes up we're looking sideways at the foot because the foot doesn't talk like us the foot doesn't look like us and i know um we have been conditioned a lot of times in, in our churches uh, with a, a, a I-centered message, a you-centered theology, where we're high on meology and low on Christology. And that equation always equals idolatry. And so when we when we look at these situations, this 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 show is bigger. <laughs> This is bigger than Beyonce or the Clark sisters. And it, it, it represents something bigger. And, and, I, and that's why I didn't want to take this show to decode uh, Beyonce or, or, or her music or her, her outfits and how they're occultic and all that stuff. That, that's like, we don't have to do all of that. Like if we just read the Bible, Fornication is a sin. <laughs> Sexual immorality is a sin. We don't have to decode stuff to, to, to see whether it's of God or not. Um, but a lot of times it's our, it is our lack of accountability. You know, church is a meeting place um, where we get our fix, but it's not a community to us really where we are held accountable. We're able to come and, and play these different roles and nobody's really checking how we're living for real. Nobody's checking how we're representing him. And so I think it's important um, as we talk, as I talk about this and as we reflect on this, how do you make God look? Tanya said the same word that is, that is accountability to us goes for them. Celebrities, we are in the end times. We're all trying to get to the kingdom. Correction is a must. Amen. Correction is a must. Like, here's another thing, too. How you respond to biblical correction really should be an indication of your should really show you your maturity. You know, when I whenever I'm like kicking back at something that is legit Bible, it only exposes idols in my own heart. And so tonight, what I what I really wanted to do was take this topic and approach it from a from a biblical perspective, um, um, encouraging the church to be sought in light. How can we win a world that we look no different than? How can we win a world when we're so starstruck by them? Um, when I'm starstruck by the world, even when they're using my work to glorify sin, and everything that my savior died on the cross for, what does that say about my view of him? When I esteem the world so high that my biblical morals go out of the window, 
Like, it's almost like we care about everybody's feelings, but God, we, we, we don't care about grieving the Holy Spirit. And this is where the opportunity is. It's an opportunity to die. What do I mean by that? It's an opportunity to die that we live. Jesus said, for whosoever will come after me in Luke 9, 23 through 24, he said, for whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me for whosoever will lose his life, for whosoever will save his life will lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. So in the kingdom of God, us decreasing actually leads to addition. In us decreasing for the sake of Christ, it, 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 there's an addition of grace. There's an addition of wisdom. There's an addition of the fruit of the spirit um, that is added. Amen, Quentin, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. That's facts. Um, Cornelius said, we don't even do this to our natural bodies. We expect that the limb to get on board, not to go against the truth. Hey, that's facts, man. Like, but, but. When we give our ears um, to deception, who are we listening to? What are you feeding your spirit man on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, because here's the thing too. Paul said in the scriptures, he says, examine yourself. I believe it's in 1 Corinthians 12. He says, examine yourself to see if you truly be in the faith. And one of the, re I think it's in 1 Corinthians 13, but in the previous chapter, one of the reasons why he said that was because the church was wilding. They was wilding out. They were sleeping around. They was into witchcraft. They was into different things. They were conforming to the culture. And what Paul was saying is if you have a pattern of in your life of sin, a pattern of not walking in repentance, a pattern of not embracing correction. He said, you might not be in the faith. You not. You might not really be saved. You might just have a form of godliness, but be denying the power thereof. And unfortunately, here's another opportunity. Many of us have been in church our entire lives. We know church, but we don't truly know Jesus. We've experienced Jesus, but we don't know him. It's a difference between telling somebody thank you and actually spending time with them. See, what happens is a lot of us spend time, we, we, we visit Jesus on the weekends. Um, and that's if we even go to church, but we visit Jesus on the weekends. We get spiritual. We tell him thank you. We run around the church. We shout. We listen to our gospel music and we get our gospel fix. But it's, it's a fix. It's like a one night stand. It's not really a true relationship because you're only there to get get a, a feel good. You're not you're not really there for your life to be transformed and to live a life that's pleasing unto him. And so I don't want to be a casual follower of Jesus. I don't want to be a weekend warrior. I don't want to just give him a day. I want to give him my life. He's not requiring us to give him a day. He wants our lives. He wants our heart. And so I want to encourage y'all with that. Um, 
I appreciate y'all listening. That's all I have. I'm not going to keep going on on a tangent. Um, oh, man. She says she can't wear a G-string for her kid. <laughs> but no, that's facts. I think we have to be conscious of all of these things. But this is where the opportunity is. It's an opportunity for us to examine ourselves. And that is truly an opportunity. There is no healing without a proper diagnosis. He is the great physician. There is no healing. And that's a word for somebody. Many of us are, are walking around wondering why we're depressed, wondering why the enemy is, is kicking our butts and, and, and we're bound by things. It is because we are not allowing the word to, to, to diagnose us. We are in denial about our sickness. We are in denial about our need for deliverance. We are in denial because we are in denial about our love for the world. This is why so many Christians are involved in witchcraft now. It's, 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 it's not a coincidence that there has been an exodus out of the church and we see many of our black sisters and even some of the black guys are involved in witchcraft now are involved in, in, in consulting with psychics and, and all of these things, it, we are in denial about our sickness. But you cannot truly know that whom the sun sets free until you come to terms with your bondage. Lord, it's me. It's me standing in the need of prayer. I have no denial about my wickedness. I need the Savior. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Your identity does not have to stay in Adam. The second Adam has come and he has secured victory. When Jesus died on the cross right before he gave up the ghost, he said, it is finished. The debt has been paid. Why do we try to pay a debt that's already paid that we cannot pay? We don't have the funds to. We don't have the amount of righteousness. Our righteousness is but filthy rags. And so this is an opportunity to confront our the areas that we're in denial about. That is the opportunity. It is an opportunity for us to tear down the idols of celebrity in the church. It is the, it is the opportunity for us to embrace godly correct, correction for whom he loves, he chastens. It is an opportunity for us to let the great physician diagnose us, because if we let him diagnose us, we know that he has the cure. It is finished. Listen, thank you guys for tuning in to the Path of Revelation podcast. Make sure you guys leave your prayer requests. I got a lot of good things uh, underway. Uh, many of you guys know, um, may not know. Path of Revelation, we just planted a church. Um, I'm excited about that. We're going to have some news coming out um with more details on that pretty soon we've been gathering um just loving on each other building um as a small community but i'm excited about what god is doing but listen thank you guys for tuning in to the path of revelation podcast and this is where the culture meets scripture